Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, who's in his new series, Soldiers of the Cross. Today, a lesson that'll share how to stand up for Jesus with conviction and power. Join us for the timely message, The Courage of a Good Soldier. There is no retreat in the Lord's army, and there's no room for cowardice in the Lord's army. God has not given us a cowardly spirit, a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and sound judgment. So what do you do if you're here today and you say, good grief, I really struggle with with this thing called courage. I really struggle to be a, a brave, outspoken Christian. I mean, there are opportunities for me and, and opportunities to witness, and I just feel the fear rising up, and I don't say anything. And, uh, I, you know, to my friends and to people at school and people at work, uh, opportunities for me to speak up for Jesus, but I just get so afraid. I just shrink back in fear. I'm afraid on social media to, to say anything because I don't want uh, the backlash. What do you do if you really struggle with fear? Well, we all struggle with it. Here's the good news. When we see the disciples, they started out so fearful. Remember, when Jesus was arrested, all of them fled, and they, he told them that. You're all going to flee because of me. And, and remember, Peter said, no, no, I'm not going to flee. I'm r- willing and ready to go with you to prison and to death. He said, are you really, Peter? Because before a cock crows twice, you're going to deny three times that you even know me. Peter said, no way, I would never do that. And what did he do? Just a few hours later, he went out and did it. He denied that he even knew Christ. He was scared when a servant girl said, surely you're one of them. Oh, I don't know this man. I don't know what you're talking about. He cursed and he swore, I don't know the man. That's Peter. But now Peter has a transformation because Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And the spirit of power is in him, and he becomes a courageous and bold witness. And what God did for him and for the other disciples, God can do for you. Now, Acts, the book of Acts gives us and shows us where the persecution came to the early church. And it shows us how the disciples were courageous in the face of persecution in the face of threats and in the face of intimidation. Acts chapter 3, you know, Acts 2, they get the Holy Spirit. Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 respond to the message, 3,000 were baptized. The church went from 120 in the upper room to 3,120, grew like crazy, and the church is born. Acts chapter 3 tells us about a beggar, a blind or a lame beggar. He'd been lame from his mother's womb. He's over 40 years old. He sits by the gate called Beautiful, and he begs alms. And Peter says, hey, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk. And this guy, all of a sudden, he is healed, healed by the name of Jesus. And he's walking and he's leaping and he's praising God. And everybody notices, hey, that guy used to be the lame beggar. 
And here he is praising God. He is healed. How did that happen? And Peter used that to launch into a sermon and lifted up the name of Jesus and told everybody it's by the name of Jesus that this man is healed. And he, he was the one that you guys crucified. Pilate wanted to let him go, but you said, no, not this man, but Barabbas. What shall I do with Jesus? Crucify him, crucify him. And he preached Jesus, and he preached very uh, straightforwardly. And the Bible says when the religious leaders heard what was going on, they were upset. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed because they, Peter and John, were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message, heard the word, believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. The church is growing from 120 to 3,000 to now 5,000 men plus women and children. There are a bunch in the church in Jerusalem. But the disciples are courageous. Now, I want you to notice some insights in Acts chapter 4 about a courageous soldier in the Lord's army. Three insights. Number one, courageous soldiers know that boldness has consequences. If you're going to be bold and speak openly and plainly and powerfully for the Lord, there are going to be consequences with that. These guys got arrested. Well, why were they arrested? Because it says in verse 2 that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. The, the group of religious leader, priest, captain of the temple guard, and the Sadducees, the Sadducees and the chief priests, those, they, those one and the same, uh, the chief priests were all Sadducees, and the chief priests and the Sadducees, they ran the temple. And so they didn't like what they were hearing. These guys were part of the Sanhedrin. We're going to run into them in just a couple more verses. Uh, they were the ones that crucified Jesus. They were the ones that brought him to Pilate. And now all of a sudden Peter is preaching about Jesus and the resurrection and calling people uh, to put their faith and trust in Jesus. And it says they were greatly disturbed. That means they were displeased. They were offended. They were worked up. They were annoyed. That's a strong word. They were ticked off. What are you doing preaching in this name? And so they arrested him. And they put him in in jail until they could come the next day before the Sanhedrin. Listen, why did they do that? Because they were preaching the truth. And you mark it down, the world will always be disturbed by the truth. Whether it's the world of godless government or whether it's the world of self-righteous Judaism, and the world will always try to intimidate the truth. Always try to intimidate the truth. Now, People are hearing Peter's sermon, and they're responding, says verse 4. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Wow, it's, it's growing, and people are believing, and the religious leaders are getting very nervous. 
because uh, we thought we got rid of this Jesus guy when we crucified him, but now they're preaching in his name, and now people are responding. And these people, Peter and John and the others, they're very popular with the people. It says in verse 5, And it came about on the next day that their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, was there. And it says, And when they placed them... In the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? So this is an intimidating experience. These guys on the Sanhedrin can rule against you and you can die. That's what happened with Jesus. And here's the thing. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3, do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. They weren't afraid. They weren't intimidated. They knew that courageous soldiers, bold witnesses for Christ, there are going to be consequences. Okay, that's just part of the deal. Second insight, courageous soldiers stand up for Jesus. Courageous soldiers stand up for Jesus. Now, here's the question. So, they get them there, and they're in the the semicircle, and when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Oh, the name. You want to know the name. Let me tell you the name. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Stop right there. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, same guy, just few weeks before, cursed and swore and said, I, I don't know this Jesus. Now he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's filled with power, and he gets ready to speak to them, and he's not afraid. It's, obviously, it's obvious that he's not afraid based on what he told them, and he knew that the Lord was going to provide for him. See, a, a courageous soldier, they trust the Lord for timely provision. God is going to provide for me in this hour when I'm called on the spot, when the spotlight is on me, the light is in my face, and I'm being challenged and called to make a defense. Jesus had told those guys, when they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but it is the Holy Spirit. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit spirit. And he gives a response to them that has authority and power and conviction. See, a courageous soldier is going to speak with authority, with power, and with conviction. Why? Because he's not speaking from himself. He's not speaking just what comes out of his mind. He's not speaking the word of the preacher. He's speaking the word of God. Then Peter, verse 8, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Whom you crucified. I mean, 
He's calling them out. This is not a uh, real mamby-pamby, let's be careful, how do I nuance this? No, he is just calling them out just straight and plain. They speak the truth with authority and with power and with conviction. And I love this. They make things crystal clear. Crystal clear. Watch verse 11. He... This Jesus, the Nazarene, he is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the very cornerstone. Psalm 118 is a messianic psalm. That's, that's the psalm that they uh, referred to when Jesus came in on, at, at the triumphal entry. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna means save, Lord, we beseech thee. And that's the word that's used in, the the phrase that's used in Psalm 118. Everyone knew Psalm 118 was a messianic psalm. And in Psalm 118, it says the stone which the builders rejected. This became the very cornerstone. But Peter makes it very pointed. The stone which was rejected by you, the builders, became the very cornerstone. Verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus, the one that you said was Beelzebub, the one that you said crucify him, crucify him, the one whom God raised from the dead, the name of Jesus. You can't get saved any other way than by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we make things crystal clear to people. And we speak the truth in love. We're not trying to be uh, ugly to people, but we make it clear to people, thus says the Lord. And the person who talked the most about hell in the Bible was Jesus. Jesus, who is love incarnate. He talked about hell because hell is a real place, and he doesn't want anyone to go there. Well, it says in verse 13, now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. Uh, the 70 plus one, the Sanhedrin, all these muckety-mucks, and you got two guys uneducated and untrained. Uneducated. Agramatos, which means they're uh, unlearned, unlettered. They're illiterate. That's what that word means. And untrained. Idiotes. From which we get the word idiot. They're idiotes. They're ignorant. These guys don't know anything. They had never been. Where is their diploma? Where is their sheepskin? These guys are fishermen. They're Galilean fishermen. And they have confidence. They have boldness to speak plainly. And they recognized them as having been with Jesus because they talked just like Jesus did. Jesus spoke with authority, and these guys are speaking with authority, and they're just, wow. And then they see the guy that had been lame from birth. All of a sudden, he's walking and leaping and praising God. He's exhibit A, and they're like, uh, they had nothing to say. Courageous soldiers. Authority, power, and conviction, they make things crystal clear. 
So it says in verse 15, and when they had offered, uh, ordered them to, be, uh, to go outside out of the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men for the fact that a trustworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Oh, we so want to deny it, but we can't deny it because they've already seen it, and everyone knows that it's true. Why would you want to deny it? Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Many believed when he did that. But the religious elite, they got together to plan out Jesus' death. We can't let him go on like this. If we let him go on like this, everyone's going to believe, and we can't have that because we'll lose our place. You mark it down. Religion is all about turf. That's what religious people care about, their turf, their area. We want to deny it, but we can't deny it. Verse 17, but in order that it may not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. They make things crystal clear. They obey God above all. You tell us, Jewish Supreme Court, not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. We can't do that. We can't do that. We cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. Our Lord, the God who created the heavens and the earth, he has commissioned us to be his witnesses. You shall be my witnesses, Acts 1.8, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Well, we can't do what you say because we have to do what he says. We obey God above all. Well, the, the Sanhedrin didn't like to hear that, but what could they do? They couldn't do anything. What were they on trial for? We healed a lame man, and we're speaking in the name of Jesus. And it says, and when they had threatened them further, verse 21, they let them go finding no basis on which they might punish them on account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. It says in verse 23, what happened next? Discovery number three, courageous soldiers lift their voices to the Lord. They were released from their, released from their arrest. It says in verse 23, and when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord. They had a prayer meeting and said, oh Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Hey, you want to know something about prayer? This is a great prayer. You can learn from great prayers in the Bible. So this is a great prayer, and a great prayer starts with praise. They praise God. They don't come out and say, hey, let's all get together. Oh, God, we're in trouble. They're threatening us. What's going to happen? This, this is not supposed to happen. We're getting persecuted. Oh, oh God, you're going to have to intervene. No, they, they start off by praising God. Lord, we appeal to you. You're the God who created heaven and earth. You're the God who is over everything. Caiaphas and Annas and all those religious leaders are about as big as a pimple on a flea compared to you. 
Start your prayers always with praise. And one of the things you'll find when you read in the Bible about prayers, so much of the time prayers are started by mentioning that God is the creator of heaven and earth because that sets prayer in the right context. I'm praying to the God who is over it all. He sits as king at the flood. He sits as king forever. So start with praise, and then remember what the Lord has said. In your prayers, pray back the word of God to him. It says in verse 25, who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, and he quotes from Psalm 2, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. They're quoting Scripture back to God. See, sometimes we don't know what to pray. I'm not sure how to pray, and, and I don't know what to pray. Pray the word. God loves the word. Pray it back to him. Say, Lord, this is what you said. This is what you promised. I'm claiming what you have said. You know, we had for a while there that you don't hear it as much anymore, but the name it and claim it. Hey, what do you want from God? Just name it and claim it. You can't name it and claim it. You can't blab it and grab it. You, God has to name it. Now, when God names it, then you can claim it. If God says this is for you, then you can claim it. You say, well, like what? God has not given us a spirit of fear, a cowardly spirit, but of power and love and discipline. That's something that you can name and claim because God's already named it. God's already said, I didn't give you a cowardly spirit. I gave you a spirit of power. So why don't you walk in that? Why don't you claim that? We claim what God has already named, but you can't name it and claim it. God, I want to have a Mercedes. Well, just name it and claim it. I did. I got a Ford Explorer. And so that, it just doesn't work like that. Remember what he has said, and then ask in faith for boldness and divine power. Boldness and divine power. I love this prayer because here is the ask. And now, Lord, verse 29, take note of their threats. They were being threatened. And grant that your bondservants, your losses may speak your word with all confidence, with all boldness, while you extend your hand to heal. And signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And so they prayed that prayer, and they received an immediate answer. Boom. And when they had prayed, verse 31, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Hey, this is a prayer God longs to answer. And if you say, I don't have much courage, I don't have much boldness, I, I always waffle when somebody asks me, in 1 Peter 3.15, always being ready to make a defense to anyone who asks you to give an account of the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Pray what they pray. God, help me to speak your word with all confidence, with boldness. And the Lord says, if that's what you want, because that's definitely what I want, if that's what you want, I will do that for you. And the place where they gathered was shaken. God says, that's right. God put an exclamation point on that. That's a good prayer. Amen. Here you go. Here you go. And they began to speak the word of God with great boldness.
My friend, are you a soldier in the Lord's army? Have you ever received Christ as Savior and Lord? If not, today is the day for you. Just pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I can't save myself. But Jesus, I believe you are God in the flesh. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of all my sins, make me the person you want me to be. I surrender my all to you. My friend, if you'll pray that kind of prayer and mean it, the Lord will come in and your life will never be the same. I'd love to hear from you, to know that you're watching, to know that this program is making a difference in your life, to know that you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Please take the time to call that toll-free number, write me, email me, let me know what's going on and how we can pray for you. You really are important to God, and you're important to us, and we're here for you. Today's message, called The Courage of a Good Soldier, is from Pastor Jeff's new seven-message series, Soldiers of the Cross. The message is available in multiple formats when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. There's a spiritual battle raging all around us, and there's a desperate need for disciplined and courageous soldiers to combat the enemy and make a lasting impact on the world for Jesus Christ. Paul told young Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You see, the moment you become a Christian is the moment you become a soldier in the Lord's army. And God is looking for us to be good and faithful soldiers, soldiers who stand up for Jesus and speak the truth in love. That's what my new seven message series can help you do. I believe that the Soldiers of the Cross series and the companion booklet, The Lord's Army, will provide you the encouragement and plan needed to fight the good fight of faith and successfully finish the race that the Lord has given each of us to run. This series, along with the companion booklet, are my thanks for your support to From His Heart this month. Hey, start out 2023 with the discipline and courage needed for the fight. Become the bold and faithful soldier of the cross that God wants you to be. And thank you for helping us share real truth, real love, and real hope around the world each day. God bless you. To get your copy of Pastor Jeff's new seven-message series, Soldiers of the Cross, and the companion booklet, The Lord's Army, make your gift today when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. It's available in multiple formats. From His Heart is the viewer-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, who believes that no matter how badly you may have messed up in life, God still loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You can find out more when you go to fromhisheart.org.